To the naked eye of any college football or specifically Big Ten football fan, and even some Michigan State fans may fall into this category, the Central Michigan versus Michigan State matchup may seem completely insignificant. After all, the Chippewas are traveling to Spartan Stadium, which is one of the larger stadiums in all of college football, and Michigan State has a decisive talent advantage over the Chippewas. They return more than the Chippewas and arguably have the better head coach in Mel Tucker than Jim McElwain at Central Michigan. However, this game is not insignificant, and there could be massive ramifications stemming from this one game when it comes to the future of both of these programs. And with Michigan State having one of the toughest schedules in all of college football, a loss here might save Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington from any potential upsets, a win from the Spartans, and a decisive one means that Michigan State might be in business for cooking up some trouble with one of America's toughest schedules. And for Central Michigan, if they can beat Michigan State, or if they can play Michigan State competitively, then seeing how bad the MAC is in comparison to the Big Ten, maybe winning the Middle American Conference would seem feasible and like a possibility. Both of these programs are coming off of awful years, and that is not an over-exaggeration, one bit. Uh, Michigan State went 5-7 and seven last year, and Central Michigan went 4-8 and eight last year. Let's start with Central Michigan, because I want to get the gross and the bad and the ugly out of the way. Not that Michigan State in 2022 wasn't those things, but believe me when I say that Michigan State probably would have blown Central Michigan off the field last year. And that's knowing consciously in my mind and your mind how bad Michigan State was last season. First of all, the Chippewas went 4-8 and eight and 3-5 and five in the Middle American Conference, the MAC. Michigan State went 5-7 and seven and 3-6 and six in the far tougher, as we know, Big Ten. According to the simple ranking system, Central Michigan was the 117th, 117th best team in America out of 131 FBS teams, only 14 places higher than the worst possible team of the entire season. They were 88th in points scored per game with a MAC schedule and they were 80th in points allowed per game. They only scored 24.8 points per game, and they allowed 28.2 points per game. And this is a team that had Lou Nichols at running back. Lou Nichols, running back for Central Michigan, uh, was drafted in the seventh round by the Green Bay Packers, 5'10", 220 pounds. He had 1,000, well over 1,000 yards rushing in 2021 with 1,848 rushing yards and 16 rushing touchdowns, and also 338 receiving yards and two receiving touchdowns. Due to injuries and just a far inferior supporting cast than in 2021, Nichols only had 616 rushing yards and six rushing touchdowns in 2022, and only averaged 3.5 yards per carry. 
That's how bad the team was. They had one of the better running backs, probably, in college football in 2022. And they also had Daniel Richardson at quarterback, who is a a decent talent, but once again, bad supporting cast and also some bad play left him with having less than 2,000 passing yards in 2022 with only 1,988. And he had 15 passing touchdowns, five interceptions, a 121.2 passer rating. He is now at Florida Atlantic, where Tom Herman is the head coach, who will probably develop him a whole lot better. And also where Casey Thompson is going to be their starting quarterback, uniting with his old head coach, who recruited him to Texas, and that was Tom Herman. Central Michigan loses Nichols to the draft, Richardson to Florida Atlantic, Carlos Carrier, the main wide receiver for Central Michigan. He ran out of eligibility and is no longer with the team, and Central Michigan, they they lost so much production. They were already bad last year. And in a certain sense, that is last year's view and lens of Central Michigan. For Michigan State, we've talked about them plenty before, so I'm not going to talk about them too much early on in this video. But the focus, of course, is going to be more so on the Spartans throughout this preview and prediction segment than it is for Central Michigan, because the ramifications for college football and for Michigan State are far bigger than in regards to Central Michigan. Central Michigan is never going to go to the college football playoffs, and Jim McElwain is who he is. I think that's how you pronounce his name. I've heard some say some pronounce it McElwain, but he is who he is. We've seen him coach at Colorado State, Florida, and now Central Michigan. He couldn't get it done at Florida. He was good to above average at Colorado State, and at Central Michigan, I'd say mediocre. Michigan State has had Mel Tucker for three years. He'll be going on his fourth this year. And then Mel Tucker was at Colorado for his first year as a head coach. He's only been a head coach for four years, now going on five. And he's been at programs with rough rebuilds in tough conferences through the lens of the talent of the team that he was coaching. Colorado was a dumpster fire when he took it over. Michigan State was also a dumpster fire when he took it over. And he took over the Spartans right during COVID. So really, you can knock off half a season to a whole year if you want off of his resume. I choose not to do that because the games were played. Therefore, in my mind, the games count. But you do have to put, you have to view every year through a different perspective and take everything into account. And Mel Tucker did arrive pretty late. In fact, well past the 2019 to 2020 coaching carousel. He arrived very late after the fact, and then COVID hit him right in the face. Very unfortunate. But the Spartans went 5-7. and seven. They had the 92nd scoring offense nationally, scoring 24.4 points per game. And their defense wasn't much better. They allowed 27.4 points per game, which was 76th in the country. And according to the simple ranking system, they were the 67th best team in the country. Really, what 2022 showed us about Michigan State It wasn't that the supporting cast got much worse. It did because of injuries at O-line, but most of the receivers returned, the quarterback returned. It was the inverse of Central Michigan in my mind, where Central Michigan, they had a somewhat X-factor running back by Max Standards and Lou Nichols, but then the supporting cast was so bad and the injuries piled up that he didn't do well in 2022. 
Michigan State didn't do well in 2022 because the X-Factor player left the program to go to the NFL in Kenneth Walker. And the whole offense was built around him. And then even more so than that, the injuries just compounded upon Kenneth Walker not being with the program. And without K-9 and an offensive line that was even worse than 2021's unit, which still wasn't respectable by Big Ten standards, Michigan State's season fell apart. And their worst games, their worst games were against teams that were sound in the trenches. Ohio State once again just blew them out. Michigan thoroughly dominated them for four quarters. Their red zone offense and really their game plan surrounding the red zone did not turn out, though. And Michigan State always plays Michigan to a greater level. Minnesota beat them 34-7. to Minnesota being all about the trenches traditionally and not necessarily caring about anything else. And then for a team like Penn State, for example, who's much better than Minnesota, at least last year, and I'd say this year as well, let's not get that mistaken. Penn State, who's not as solid in the trenches as traditionally as those other two in Ohio State and Michigan, and in recent memory, and in the tenure of James Franklin, they seem to care more about skill positions, running back, quarterback, and secondary play than trenches. The Spartans were actually able to play them competitively until the Nittany Lions pulled away in the fourth quarter. So against teams that have great lines of scrimmage, Michigan State tends to struggle. At least they did last year. This game will be played in Spartan Stadium. Both teams, as I've discussed, have had disappointing 2022 years. The line currently is Michigan State minus 14. So the Spartans are a two-touchdown favorite. Nonetheless, ESPN's FPI favors the Spartans to win giving them an 88% chance exactly, no decimal, to win against the Chippewas, with Central Michigan only having a 12% chance to win this matchup. The line hasn't moved, and the only reason I add that now is because late last night the line was 14.5, so it moved by half a point earlier today, and since the game is tomorrow and not today, there is potential for more movement. But I expect it to sit around that 14 number. According to FPI, Michigan State is the 37th best team in the country. And for Central Michigan, they are outside of the top 100. So FPI is higher on Michigan State, as am I personally, than Vegas is against the Central Michigan Chippewas. And I think that is due to the history of this matchup. In fact, Central Michigan in 2009 went on the road against Mark D'Antonio and beat Michigan State 29-27 after losing on the road to Arizona 6-19 the week prior. So there is an interesting history between the Chippewas and the Spartans. The Chippewas also, in 2018, only lost 31-20. Now at one point, Michigan State was up 31-3, Central Michigan at a 17.4 quarter, but Mike Tressel's defense and a Brian Lewerke-led Michigan State offense that later that season proved to be wildly inept did pull through, and Michigan State closed out with a win, which moved them to 3-1 and and 2-0 and at home so far in that 2018 game to the date of that game. Meanwhile, Central Michigan fell to 1-4 and 0-3 and and away from home after that game. Mel Tucker did make some comments a few days ago 
talking about how he thinks that this game is going to be a dogfight, and to be prepared mentally and physically is very important. And he talked about the 2018 game, the 2009 game. In fact, Michigan, strength, Michigan State's strength and conditioning coach, Jason Novak, served in the same role at Central Michigan from 2015 to 2019, and he addressed the team at Tucker's request. So Michigan State doesn't seem to be taking this game lightly whatsoever, and that's a good thing. As I expressed in my Michigan East Carolina prediction video and my Ohio State Indiana prediction video, no matter how bad the opponent is on paper, and East Carolina and Indiana are beyond worse on paper than the Wolverines and the Buckeyes. Like, so bad that the game should be over by the second quarter or by halftime, or at the latest, the third quarter. That That's how that's how bad those matchups are in favor of Ohio State and Michigan. But nonetheless, you cannot overlook East Carolina or Indiana, because then Appalachian State happens for Michigan. For Ohio State, I cannot think of a comparable game because they've just been so consistent and so good outside of that one interim head coach year in 2011 where Luke Fickle led the team to go 6-7. and seven. But Oregon, for example, for Ohio State in 2021, Ohio State was the much better team, but they overlooked Oregon, in my opinion, and I did too. I said that Ohio State was going to blow out the Ducks at home. Instead, Oregon won and covered the spread. It doesn't look like Mel Tucker and his staff are overlooking the Chippewas this time around, unlike Michigan State did in probably 2009, even though Central Michigan did go 12-2 and while Michigan State went 6-7. and And I think that the Spartans are going to play their A game here. And for Central Michigan, they're going to be motivated as well because the history shows that they can win this game. They do have more than a fighting chance, at least according to Vegas and according to many of you and my subscribers. I made a community post talking about this game, and many of you have said that you believe that Central Michigan will cover, but Michigan State will win. And there are a few of you, a significant handful, that says that Central Michigan will outright win this game. And whether that's because you think Central Michigan is improved, or more likely a lot of you do think, and I disagree with you on this, that Michigan State is a dumpster fire of a program right now. I think that Michigan State being favored by 14, given the history, and also given the fact that there are a lot of questions about the Spartans, and I am much more bullish about Mel Tucker and his program right now than many college football fans are, this line makes sense. And given the positional advantages, Michigan State should be favored, but Central Michigan does have some key pieces that return at defensive back. Indeed, they do. Um, they return Dante Kent, a defensive back. Dante Kent is the right cornerback, according to rlads.com, for Central Michigan. Last year, he had 51 total tackles, one sack, 15 passes defended, and a forced fumble. He stands at 5'11", 190 pounds. He's from Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. There are good high school players out in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania is one of the better schools at producing high school talent north of the Mason-Dixon line. He had 39 solo tackles 
and his best game in 2022 was probably against either Akron or Western Michigan or Ball State. Against Ball State, he had a sack, forced fumble, and two passes defended. And against Akron and Western Michigan, he had a career high for 2022, or rather season high, three passes defended in those games. So at secondary, I think that with the Chippewas and Jim McElwain returning some production there and experience and their best corner, that will give them an edge over a Michigan State defensive back room, especially corner that is inexperienced and that is proven to have subpar play. I'm more bullish and higher on Michigan State's safeties than I am corners, but the safeties are even younger than the corners. Dylan Tatum and Jaden Mangum are true sophomores who got enough rotational playing time last year where they couldn't be redshirted. And even though I expect this to be the best secondary under Mel Tucker, that's not saying much. And especially early on, as the new transfers, whether that's Terry Roberts or Samar Melvin or some other players who've come in to help at secondary, it will take them time to gel. And that's not, I don't know that 100%. Obviously, preseason predictions are preseason predictions, but we can make an educated guess and say that it will take time for the secondary to develop and to have cohesion, especially if the better players and the ones who start particularly at corner, where Melvin and Roberts will be playing, if those two start, along with Brantley, that means that there will be two new corners who haven't been with the team before this season. I think it will take time for some chemistry to build there. And with returning production for Central Michigan and their best defensive back coming back, I think that gives Central Michigan the advantage at defensive back. But For the rest of the defense, Michigan State has Jacoby Winman and Cal Halliday at linebacker, along with Aaron Brule. Jacoby Winman last year led the NCAA in college football in forced fumbles with six, and he had five and a half sacks and 49 total tackles, two passes defended in a pick. I think that he is one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten and in college football, And with Cal Halliday, Aaron Brule, and Jordan Hall, Michigan State has one of the deepest linebacker rooms in the Big Ten, potentially the country. Defensive line, especially at defensive tackle, is deep, and they'll have solid play there. And special teams, it was close. Neither school has a good special teams unit. In fact, Central Michigan lost their leading kicker from last season, who chose to be a backup at Iowa over a starter at Central Michigan ouch, but I think that because of that, and also Michigan State adding Jonathan Kim through the transfer portal, who should be an upgrade at kicker, and Michigan State having a good enough wide receiver room and running back room to have some potentially dangerous returners, and they have some solid tacklers, I think that the Spartans will be better on the special teams front, as well as overall defense, particularly their front six or seven, depending on what formation Scotty Hazleton plays out of. State has the better staff, they have the better offense overall, especially at tight end and offensive line, where I think Central Michigan will be particularly weak, is in the trenches. They have a new center, they have a lot of new pieces on O-line, Michigan State, meanwhile, is more veteran, they have more talent, 
They've used the transfer portal and junior college, bringing in Keyshawn Blackstock to have depth there. Nick Samak is one of the better centers in the Big Ten, and he also has solid guards in J.D. Duplain, Gino Vandemark, and Spencer Brown and Brandon Baldwin are good tackles as well. Tight end, the Spartans return Malik Carr, and they return Trey Mosley at wide receiver. For quarterback, quarterback's intriguing. Central Michigan has two quarterbacks who could start, and I think two quarterbacks who will definitely see significant playing time. Those being Jace Bauer, who's more of the passing quarterback, the better of the two at passing, and Burt Emanuel Jr., who is a very underrated athlete, definitely a run-first quarterback, but a good run-first quarterback. He had over 250 rushing yards against Buffalo last year, where Central Michigan had a double-digit comeback win. But Michigan State with Noah Kim, Caden Hauser, and also Sam Leavitt has the deeper and more talented quarterback room. And I think that in regards of passing the football, I don't know if Michigan State has as good of a dual-threat quarterback as maybe Central Michigan does. But passing the football is much more important when you're a quarterback than running the football. This is why we have running backs, and this is why even quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes or Justin Fields, who do have athleticism, why in the best offenses and when they need to win, they pass the football because obviously that's the job of a quarterback. So Michigan State has nine position advantages. The Chippewas only have one. Some players to watch are Jacoby Winman at linebacker for the Spartans. We went over him, and I think that he is going to be one of the best linebackers in the Big Ten. I expect him to collect a few sacks in this game, but mainly the reason I'm looking at him is also based off of who I think is going to be playing for Central Michigan often, being Burt Emanuel Jr. Last year, Jacoby Winman crushed the first two quarterbacks that Michigan State played. I forget the name of the Western Michigan quarterback, but DJ Irons was the second quarterback. More of a dual threat than Western Michigan's quarterback, and Jacoby Winman wrecked him with sacks, forced fumbles, stripped balls and tackles and good coverage. I think that Winman being a solid open field tackler and also someone who can get to the quarterback and who's excellent at stripping the ball away and forcing a critical turnover, I think would match up well against the potential rushing threat presented by Burt Emanuel. And also Central Michigan's weak offensive line means an athlete like Winman is going to have to be double-teamed for any hope of him being slowed down from getting into the backfield and sacking Central Michigan's quarterback. Some other players to look out for for Michigan State, I think, could be Simeon Barrow at defensive tackle, and also whoever starts between Noah Kim and Caden Hauser. Most likely going to be Noah Kim, but I'd also expect both of them to get playing time in this game, similarly to how Kyle McCord and Devin Brown will against Ohio State. For Central Michigan, they have an athlete in Burt Emanuel, and it wouldn't surprise me to see them give him 10 plays on the ground purely for rushing attack purposes. Michigan State typically doesn't deal with dual-threat quarterbacks as the Big Ten doesn't—they don't delve in that. 
They don't dabble in the art of a dual-threat quarterback. The closest player to a dual-threat quarterback last year, maybe I'm wrong, but when I think about it, it's Sean Clifford, J.J. McCarthy, Ethan Kaliakmanis, Talia Tagovailoa, and maybe you could even include C.J. Stroud. He just didn't want to use his legs, but he had the potential to. None of those players are really true elite dual-threat quarterbacks. Now, J.J. McCarthy this year, maybe. Jeff Sims, I'd say, has the much better potential to be an elite dual-threat quarterback in terms of running the football. J.J. McCarthy overall, just based off of his experience, would probably best fit that mold. But Michigan isn't going to—they aren't going to rely on him to carry games. That's not their style of play. Burt Emanuel is proven last year against Buffalo— and really the whole season where he was second on the team in rushing yards with 496, had seven rushing touchdowns and averaged 7.4 yards per carry off of 67 rushing attempts with only 54 passing yards, by the way, and almost 300 rushing yards against Buffalo, he can carry Central Michigan to victory. And he did that against Buffalo, where the Chippewas were down. They were down 24 to 7. And Central Michigan went on a 24-3 to run in the second half, in large part due to Emmanuel's play. Before we get any further into this video, please remember to hit that subscribe button, like this video, and hit the notification bell so you can get notified when I release more preview and prediction videos like this one. And also when I release my reaction videos, you can get the quick notification on your phone so you can get my instant analysis and takeaways, which will be released anytime from Saturday to Monday on a typical college football week, and anytime from late tonight after Nebraska-Minnesota or Florida-Utah, all the way through Monday night. There will be reaction videos that will likely be released. So thank you guys so much for your support. Now finally, what is my prediction? Central Michigan is simply outmatched. This score might shock you guys and say, whoa, you, you better calm yourself. Michigan State, I think, is a top 25 team this year. I think Central Michigan is still going to be garbage. And even though Central Michigan will come out, and I think this touchdown will be scored early, and it will take all four quarters to Michi for Michigan State to score 52 points or 42 points, somewhere in that range, the Spartans are going to be playing their A game here. It sounds like from what Mel Tucker is saying, and some of it could just be coach speak, that they're going to put their A game effort against Central Michigan. And some may say that's foolish because you can only play your A game so much in a season, but that will help Michigan State see where they are. And then against Richmond, who's an FCS opponent, they can rest their players and really prepare for Washington, who is going to be one of the toughest teams they face all year. Washington I have going to the college football playoff for good measure because of their offense, and I think the improvements they've made on defense. That is going to be an important game, and this one will be important because the Spartans and their staff can judge how good their team is, and I think that they have a good team this season. Michigan State will show off their improved depth. Central Michigan will meet this team with superior depth and talent that, in my opinion, will probably be overprepared. I don't think that Michigan State has to play as hard as they likely will to beat Central Michigan. 
I think that Mel Tucker talking about the 2009 game, which was well over a decade ago, and the 2018 game, which wasn't close, like he said the score was, but if you watched the game Michigan State controlled and Central Michigan just ended up getting some garbage time points, I think Michigan State's going to come out and play a much better game than they need to to win, which may be wasting valuable repetitions. It may be running up the score against a team that you don't need to beat by that much, may waste some playing time of backups, but Michigan State could also do this because they're just that good, even in the two deep, and Central Michigan, keep in mind, I think is going to be a bad football team this year yet again. I would not be surprised for them to have another losing season, and this way yet again, as I've said two or three times already, the Spartans can see where their team is, at wide receiver, tight end, and running back too, I think Nathan Carter's going to have a good game. And the defense with Jacoby Winman and how Michigan State loves to get pressure, this has been consistent under Mel Tucker, they get a lot of good pressure against teams that have inferior trench play. Michigan State will collect a handful of sacks, I think a handful of strip sacks, probably an interception, maybe more than one interception, and these turnovers will give Michigan State a short field and allow them to win 52-7. to Don't believe my score prediction? Well, watch the Michigan State-Akron game last year, where Michigan State shut out Akron 52 to nothing. And I think this year's Michigan State team is far better than last year's Michigan State team. So is it unlikely? Maybe, but can it be done? And will it be done? Especially with Michigan State taking Central Michigan as seriously as they take a Power 5 school, by what it sounds like. Absolutely. Before we end this video, I want to give a shout out to my patrons. We update this slide of this video every week. Thank you to all American patrons, Spencer Bringhurst, and all conference patrons, Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, and Roaming Gnome, for supporting the channel. You can click the link down below in my description to check out my patron page where I do weekly picks for specific games. I made picks for NC State versus UConn for. Nebraska hosting, no, Nebraska traveling to Minnesota, pardon me, and Florida traveling to Utah. And tomorrow, I will make picks in the morning for this game, in fact, Michigan State hosting Central Michigan. Obviously, I think the Spartans will cover. That's if you're an All-American or Heisman patron. For all conference, you get your name featured at the end of the video and a thank you from me. And occasionally, all conference patrons will also see some posts that I make. Not as often, but there will be occasional posts that I make on Patreon because I love to make extra content when I have the time. Thank you guys for watching. Remember to subscribe, like this video, and comment your thoughts down below. I'll see you all later. Bye-bye.